Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Yes, um, I think I know. It's like, this is more really like, speak into my living room now, because like, I like, almost know everybody in here. If you don't know me, I'm John McAllen, and you have seen me behind the, the plexiglass, which is my safe space. So out here, it's very nerve-wracking, and I've got some anxiety going. So we're in this together, all right? Can we do that together? Thank you. Um, you may have also seen me back with kids. I've gotten to serve with Courtney over the last few years which has been a delight and fabulous. So, and we get to celebrate her later today too. I don't know if I was able to say that or not, but I did, ha ha. Okay, so if you brought your Bibles, we are gonna be, uh, we're going through Mark and it's so exciting because Mark is like on the move. He's always going immediately, immediately, immediately. He is like the fastest gospel writer that there is. And so we're gonna be in Mark 6. And verse 30, I loved the worship songs today because it was like the perfect setup for where we are. It's like nothing else, nothing else will do but Jesus. And Jesus really, Mark records Jesus demonstrating that right here in these verses. And the... Here's the big line. Jesus is what you and I need. Jesus is what you and I need. Do you need a quiet place to get some rest for your soul? Jesus can supply peace for your soul and bring you rest. Do you need healing in your body or in your thoughts or in a relationship? Jesus can bring healing. Are you feeling lost or in need of purpose or meaning? Jesus has the words of life. Dan brought that up. Peter said it. You've got the words of life. Where else are we going to go? Jesus has the words of life that will encourage you and bring you purpose. Jesus is what you and I need. All right, let's read Mark 6, 30, and I'm going to go to verse 44. We have it up there. Perfect. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. I love it. 
and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we're, we're so grateful that we have the freedoms to gather together to, to declare your name, to worship you, to bring praise to your name. And now that we get to open up your word and study together, Holy Spirit, come and be our teacher, that you would bring these words to life in our hearts, changing us from the inside out, how we think, how we act for your glory, Lord, that these words would be your words. Um, be an encouragement to all of us, Jesus, for your glory. Amen. The feeding of the 5,000 is what they title this section because there were supposedly 5,000 men that were there. And this was an amazing, incredible event. Uh, it would be awesome to be in that crowd and see five loaves and two fish broken up to feed thousands. Um, it's so amazing that all four of the Gospels record this. Matthew, here in Mark, Luke, and John. So this was an amazing event for them. They all recorded it. And we're going to dive right in. So we have verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and report to him all they had done and taught. And you're like, well, weren't the apostles already with him? They weren't. Just a few verses back in, in Mark, Mark records that Jesus was teaching through the villages. This is, um, I'm going to start at verse 7. Jesus calling the 12 to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money. Wear your sandals, but not an extra tunic whenever you enter a house. So we have these instructions. Here's the big part. They went out to testify, um, to give testimony and to preach repentance. Dan talked about this a touch last week. He had a great sermon, listen to that. And 13, they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So the apostles, these are followers of Jesus. They've been with Jesus 24-7. They've seen his miracles. They know what he can do. Now they get to do some of that themselves. Jesus gives them this authority, and they go out, 
and they're casting out demons and they're healing people and they're coming back together and they're telling Jesus all about it. Jesus, you can't believe what I did. That's great, John. Good job. Jesus, you can't believe what I did. Oh, that's really good, Simon. Way to go. And but that's not the scene. It's so busy here. Because there were so many people coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. Like this activity, what was going on with the apostles was continuing to go on as they went back to Jesus. People, they were, the song we sang, nothing else will do. I just want to be with Jesus. Like all these people just want to be with Jesus. Maybe he'll touch me and I'll be healed. Man, his words give life. They encourage me. That's not how the Pharisees talk down at the synagogue. This is something new, something different. And they wanted to be with Jesus so much so they weren't even getting to eat. And so Jesus says, hey, we need a moment. It's time for a retreat. And so we have in verse 31, come, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Maybe that's what you need today, just to be with Jesus in a quiet place and get some rest. And so Jesus is gonna take his apostles to this peaceful sanctuary, sign me up, I'm there. We'll go out in the country, gaze at the stars, right? Talk around the fire pit. We'll have uninterrupted eating, yes. Maybe we'll sip some fancy fruit juices. Um, Maybe Jesus will recite all of Psalm 119. Right, all 176 verses, he'll be saying it. And we get to sleep in. Right, that's what I need. Just a quiet place with Jesus. Some extended connection time with his apostles. Let's go to a quiet place. So they get in the boats, but let's move on to 33. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and gathered ahead of them. So I got a a picture of the Sea of Galilee. We can throw that up there. And the Sea of Galilee, it's, it's less like a sea, more like a large lake. And so it's, it wouldn't be surprising to be able to be up on a hill off the, off the shoreline and you're like, oh, there's Jesus and the disciples. I know where they're going. And so they run around the lake to get there where they're going. We're like, when I think of the Sea of Galilee, I picture in my mind, it's like the Great Lakes. You can't see across them. Well, the Sea of Galilee is not that big. And so it's not surprising that the people who were desperate for more of what Jesus had, would drop their things and they were booking it around the edge of the lake. And so they cruise around, they wanna see Jesus. And this made me think of, oh man, is there an event or someone that you would give up everything to go see, 
just to spend time with them, to listen to them, to ask them questions. And for the McCallans, we got to do that. And it was a few years back, there's a group called the Pentatonics. There are five acapella singers, and we heard they were coming to Portland. And so like the, the biggest fan of us was Celia at the time. We all like listened to them nonstop. And so we got to go to their concert, but we didn't just go to the concert. We did the VIP experience. Right, we got to go in the back room with them. We got to shake their hands. They autographed different things for us. We took pictures with them. And then we got to the, go to the concert and we'll put up the concert picture. This was our spot in the concert, right at the stage. There's like the gate that separates the audience from the stage. Like we were right there, okay? Like, this is what these people wanted from Jesus. They're right there. They want to be with Jesus. Maybe you've had a similar experience. That's where you're going to put yourself. They were desperate for the news that Jesus had. They were recalling, they were remembering the teachings that they had heard since they were kids, that, that someday... A person, a person would come who's going to free the Israelites again. These, the Old Testament prophets, they were anticipating the rise of this Savior, their Messiah, who would lift the oppressive rule of the Romans, which is what was going on at their time right then. They were desperate for the news that Jesus had and the possibility of what he could be. And so... Solitary place, not so much. And Jesus saw them and they turned the boats around and headed back to where, no, that's not what he did, right? 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Right, we need Jesus' compassion. I'm lost. I need some encouragement. Jesus brings compassion. He knows that I'm like a sheep without a shepherd. And so what did he do? He began teaching them many things. It's a huge crowd. They were supposed to go on a quiet retreat. Stare at the stars, but no, they're staring at people. Jesus has compassion on them. And he starts to teach him. And maybe he taught some of the things that Matthew records. Um, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 in Matthew. Uh, maybe it was some of the Beatitudes. We're blessed. I'm, I tried to consolidate these. Uh, we're blessed when we see the emptiness of this life to see the fullness of God and living with him and following him. Jesus taught about us being salt and light, that as God's loved creation, we're flavoring and we're light to the world around us, that we're, we're God-flavoring to those who surround us in our lives. Maybe he talked about how he had come to fulfill the law, right? He didn't come to demolish the Old Testament laws. 
He fulfilled them. He was the perfect sacrifice for us. Maybe he spoke again of how we should love our enemies and that he spoke of spreading the love of God even to our enemies so that they would see our love and glorify God. He taught them many things. Maybe he, he told them again how to pray, praying to their heavenly father, making it personal. Maybe he was, uh, like in chapter seven, it's titled Ask, Seek, and Knock, this idea that you're, you're asking over and over and over again. Don't stop asking for more of God, for more of what his kingdom can do in our lives. Jesus taught of living for God. Everything, everything you are, everything you do for God. They were used to ritual and practice and religion. And I think some of us can be in that same boat. It can be a ritual. It can be a practice. It can be religious. But Jesus was telling them, was teaching them how to be a living, a living worshiper of God. Everything you do, when you're plowing a field, when you're trimming the grapevine, when I'm working on my paper, when I'm assembling the next cabinet, when I'm welding that piece of metal, whatever it is, whatever we're doing, it could be living worship to God. And they were eating up the words. They were there, just listening to his encouraging, purposeful words. In Genesis chapter one, it records how God made humanity, male and female, in his likeness, in his image, that we are reflections of God's nature. And Jesus reminding them of that, that you are living worshipers, you're living your salt, your light, you're showing off God to the world around you. He taught them. And then, this was funny, when we were singing, um, let me just read this next part. By this time, it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. And so Jesus is teaching the crowd, right? There's a huge crowd Jesus up there behind the podium and one of the disciples is coming in and he starts tugging on Jesus' robe. We're far away from towns and it's really late. I, mean, I don't know what happened. It's like, how does this happen that the disciples come up, um, these people should eat something. I don't know, this came to my mind beforehand. This is a remote place. Oh, really? Yeah, I know it's a remote place. I wanted to have a retreat with you here. They ran around the lake. And then he says, they need something to eat. Tell them to go away. And Jesus, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And then they're like, what are we supposed to do? It would take eight months' wages. And you can calculate that. And even then, they'd have to go to the towns and bring it all in, or they call, like, the pizza truck, and they deliver it down. I, 
How many loaves do you have? Go and see. So they come back with the news, and Jesus directs them, tell them, tell the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sit him down. They bring Jesus the loaves and the fish, and he prays over them, and they break them apart, and it just keeps breaking apart and breaking apart, and everybody is eating the bread and the fish. This scene reminded me of another group of people at another, this was a mountain, in another wilderness, in another solitary place where they were going to meet with God. This is the picture of the Exodus. God has called the Israelite people out of Egypt. They've been in slavery for 400 plus years. You might be remembering the story. Moses was called by God. You're gonna go in, back into Egypt and you're gonna take my people out to the mountain and they're gonna worship me. They've been, they're out in the wilderness at the mountain and they just wanna be with God. And so some of the great stories along the way, they um, get out of Egypt, right, this amazing, they've got the 10 plagues, right, all that happening. That's another whole sermon and teaching. Um, but they're in front of a sea that they have to cross. And they're right in front of the sea, and then Pharaoh's army is on its way. And it says Pharaoh has his chariots, and chariots were like the tanks of the day. And so the people of Israel are looking at their destruction coming and God tells Moses to tell them, no, all you have to do is stand and see the deliverance that I will bring you. And so this next slide, this is the Hebrew word for deliverance. He's worked out. So the top one, this is, and I hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, is Yeshua, which is deliverance and salvation. And so they read from right to left. And then if the second one, that is the name of Jesus, Yeshua. Yahweh saves. And how, right, Jesus was right there with the Israelites at the Red Sea. He is our salvation. He's our deliverance. And what else happens with the Israelite people? God sends manna, right, this bread that comes down with the dew. God supplies for their physical need in this heavenly bread. There's all these amazing stories. And what does God do? He brings them, God appears on the mountain and he brings teachings to Moses to give to the Israelites. God's teaching the people at the mountain. And then also in part of that mountaintop experience, um, God declares who he is to Moses. And we have it recorded in Exodus 34, six and seven. And we have that slide also. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming Yahweh, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate 
and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. But notice, how does God describe himself, his character? He's compassionate and gracious. And how did Jesus act to these people? He was overcome with compassion and he taught them. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews writes down that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God is consistent. The same God that was with the Israelites is showing himself now in the man of Jesus to these Galileans, who several of them could have been Jews. There could have been other nationalities present. But Jesus is being very, very purposeful in how this is set up. Because they know the stories. They know from the Old Testament. That was their Bible at the time. They're recalling, they're seeing all these pictures of what happened with the Israelites and where they are right now in the wilderness with a miraculous supply of bread and teaching from God. And what do they think? They think, ah, this is our Messiah. We need to make him king. Well, Jesus knows that. And the next story explains what Jesus does. He, he doesn't hang around. But Jesus is very purposeful in demonstrating that he is the Savior, that he's the salvation that God talked about so many thousand years ago to these people right here on the, on the hill next to the lake. And what happens they all ate and were satisfied. I think they were satisfied in their, their mind and in their soul as well as in their bodies. They've got these words of life that Jesus shared. And then they have, right, it was a simple meal, bread and fish, but they're taken care of in, in both aspects. Their soul is filled, their body is filled, they have this wonderful connection with Jesus. And he's showing off. He's saying, hey, I am the one that was promised. I'm the one that can save you. He provided for the apostles and for all the people. And what was planned to be a solitary retreat for just the apostles, well, became a miraculous supply for thousands kind of like they all got to be on a big retreat together. Amazing. Amazing. And then for the kids in the room, if they're still in here, that uh, John records um, that Andrew actually comes up, one of the disciples, Andrew, this is in John 6, 8, and 9. Andrew says, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. So like John records where the fish and the bread come from. And, but then he also says, but how far will that go among so many? 
Jesus takes care of that. And so how would you like to be that little boy her, who came with my loving mom or my loving dad, made a little lunch for me, and I booked it down the river to go see Jesus, or sorry, along the lake, to go see Jesus, and my lunch fed thousands. And maybe he got to go home, maybe he just went home with his five and two, but maybe he w went home with 20 and eight. Maybe he went home with 40 and 16, I don't know. He's like going home and telling mom, you wouldn't believe what happened with my lunch today. It fed thousands of people, right? Just the joy that must have been in his life for what happened right there. So hopefully, I know, hopefully you can see yourself right here with these people at the side of the lake. I know I can, right? I need some peace. I need some purpose. I need healing, right? Jesus is what you and I need, right? Jesus, he brings satisfaction to our souls. Okay, I got one more slide for us. Okay, this is, there we go. This is our four square like icon. And it speaks of who Jesus is to us. Right, Jesus, the, the cross is there. Jesus is our savior, right? He was declaring himself as the Messiah. Yahweh saves. Our God saves. Jesus is our savior. He brings peace to our souls by the forgiveness of our sins and restores our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that's by the, the first icon, the cross. Jesus, our Savior. Jesus, our healer, which is represented by the cup. That he brings healing to our physical bodies, to our thoughts, in our relationships. Maybe that's where you need Jesus today, in relationships, in my thoughts. Jesus is our baptizer in the Holy Spirit, which is represented by the dove. The Holy Spirit, who is our comforter and our teacher, giving us authority and power as God's image bearers. Remember that you are the salt and the light of the world. You have the message of salvation and our world needs to hear it. Right? There are words of purpose and words of meaning for you and I. And Jesus is our soon and coming King, which is the crown. He has the words of life that will encourage us and bring us purpose. Jesus is what you and I need. He's what you and I need. Right here on the hill next to the lake, we got to be with Jesus. And he provided for us. You guys pray with me. You're so good, Lord. You're so good to to keep these words 
to save them for us so that we could read them and be encouraged and be, be changed by your spirit, by your love. We need you, Jesus. You are the one who saves us. You bring peace to our souls by the forgiveness of our sins. You bring healing in our bodies, in our thoughts, in our relationships. You've gifted us with your Holy Spirit, someone who can comfort us and encourage us, giving us power to bring your authority in our day-to-day, -day, whatever we're doing, that we can do it for you. And we know that you are gonna return again as our king, that you have the words of life and that you encourage us and give us purpose. I echo the words that Dan shared that, that Jesus is working already. He's, he's making things happen in our hearts, in our minds, even in our bodies, maybe in a family member's body who isn't here. There's healing in Jesus' name. Maybe it's in a, a friendship or a relative. There's restoration in Jesus' name. Maybe you just needed encouragement in your heart. Oh, in Jesus' name, you have life. You have good news. You have purpose. You were created in the image of God and you bear his nature just because you are. In Jesus' name. You are the God who saves. You came in physical form as a man and demonstrated that to the world and it changed everything forever. Thank you so much that we get to declare that good news to the world around us. I know you're gonna continue to work. Thank you again for this time and for your words that they would just continue to grow within our hearts for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen.